train to horny town using every ounce of willpower i could harness before my runaway endocrine system could hit full steam i derailed my amorous train of thought and answered her with all due gravity it will be back to work training green peas hun i seriously doubt bb will send me on another mission for a while and everything's been quiet in fact we might not see another supernatural outbreak for a while No, I'm going to be stuck training green peas and former agents and be bored out of my tree doing so. She still looked unconvinced, running her hands over my thickly scarred torso, wide, melted-looking patches of skin that were mirrored front to back, a reminder of a run-in with a red-headed psychopath. So, if something comes up, do you promise to refuse the mission? I kissed her hard, reveling in a succulent lower lip sandwich. When we came up for air, I said, You know that's not an option. All I can do is ask to be rescued from a mission, but it's the director's call. With a sigh, Jeannie laid her head on my chest, water spraying off her soft black hair. Using a spell she had developed, she is one of the BSI's most gifted magicians, she grew her hair out seven inches in seven days, long, luxurious locks that she magically straightened and quaffed. It never needed hairspray or restyling. If I weren't already rich, I'd be thinking of how we could make money curing male pattern baldness. I luxuriated in the feel of her soft skin, firm breasts, and the subtle hardness of her long muscles. She was perfect, the whole length of her fitting with me, two puzzle pieces created just for each other. We lay together for a long time, my pale, pale skin, a stark contrast to her dark form, a yin to her yang, total opposites, black and white, male and female, yet so much alike, both of us cogs in the wheel of the Bureau, lifers to the cause. Said cause was to protect humanity against those supernaturals who would commit harm and heartache. The Bureau had been created as a defense against the world under, that other place where the supernaturals exist. I reckoned it wasn't a very nice place, because they keep trying to enter our world, and the results were usually a loss of human life, perpetrated in various grotesque and inventive ways. Usually cleanup involves a supersized mop and bucket. I'd been a part of the Bureau for more than ten years, performing a job that should have killed me long ago. Not to appear immodest, but I was the best of the best when it came to fighting supernaturals. In a job where the attrition rate was fifty percent or so, I was a living, breathing anomaly, a miracle of the modern age. It didn't hurt that I had my sister's soul stuck to mine like a spiritual symbiote, giving me superhuman strength and speed in the form of an incandescent berserker rage that I could control. Although, thanks to an accumulation of cellular damage, I had to quit the rage business cold turkey, only calling upon her magic when absolutely necessary. Apparently her magic could only go so far to heal the stress the rage put on my flesh. Jeannie and I stayed in the shower for almost an hour, making sure we were clean, scrubbing all the nooks and crannies that needed scrubbing, and a few that didn't. One thing led to another, and the shower stopped being about getting clean, becoming instead about intimacy and holding the world at bay for a little while longer, pretending that we were the only two people in existence. After toweling each other off, which also took much longer than necessary, we dressed in shorts, sneakers, and t-shirts. It was training day, and Mama Hakala's little boy was going to run some green peas into the ground. Two months of vacation meant that I needed to get some extra miles in as well, and I knew that by the end of the business, 
I would be huffing and puffing like the big bad wolf with a horrid case of asthma. Before leaving, I put what looked to be a small, skin-colored circular bandage behind my right ear. It was a bone induction microphone that allowed me to receive messages from the boss. Another was applied to my throat, a sub-vocal mic that would allow me to communicate with those wearing receivers if necessary. Active only on the sub-vocal range, talking sub-vocally took time and patience to learn, but was vital when silence on an op could mean the difference between life and death, those mics kept the various agents at warehouse, BSI headquarters, in contact at all times in case of emergency. Such paranoia stemmed from a particularly nasty incident. A few months ago, a serial killer and former agent, Margaret Whitcomb, murdered about half the Bureau's 100 agents. I had the pleasure of ending her crime spree with extreme prejudice, the cost being a certain amount of...